Last week, nurse practitioner Diane Spiva and I talked about the role testosterone plays in women's health. It was a great interview, and today I want to go a little bit deeper into what affects our endocrine system, and which is our hormone health, right? And three practical ways to support the system so that you can start feeling better, start feeling rebalanced and support your endocrine system. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, this topic is something I'm, I'm currently going through. My hormones are off. I am in the trenches of it with you. And I'm excited to share with you ways to move through it and get to the other side. And we're going to be going through this together. Welcome to the Therapeutic Food Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Marion Mitchell. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach, therapeutic diet expert, and founder of The Road to Living Whole. There are many different diets out there. It's hard to know which one is right for you with your chronic illness and autoimmune disease. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the foundational pieces every single therapeutic diet out there shares, and also how to use the best one for your particular diagnosis. If you've been looking for a meal planning partner, help navigating the complicated healthcare system, and want to feel better quickly, I'm your girl. Grab your kombucha and notebook, Let's dive in. You know what's funny about women's hormones especially? I mean, I'm not a guy, so I don't know. But when it comes to women, we feel off long before standard blood work will show an imbalance. Part of this is we usually don't know what they were when we felt great, right? Like we're not testing our blood just to be like, hey, what are my hormones? Like what's my reference range? We're not doing that, right? Another part is that the ranges that labs show are the average of all men and women, healthy or not, and not the ideal range, which is what, you know, the range that healthy, non-diseased people have. And third is sometimes the standards are crap. Like take testosterone, for example. The normal range for women is zero to four, but the ideal range is two to four. Excuse me, zero should not be normal. Come on. Why is that part of the normal range, right? That's crap. When I first started noticing I was losing muscle mass and gaining weight, I figured things were off, you know, and this started happening months before I got blood work done. But I knew what I needed to do and I started doing those things, which I've shared with you a little bit, you know, in my adrenal fatigue episodes, but I'm going to share them more and again and differently later on so hang with me before I dive into how to fix it we need to talk about what symptoms we have when our hormones are not in balance what things can throw them off balance and then we'll talk about strategies to support our endocrine system and help it find balance again because our body wants to be in homeostasis it wants to be balanced we just need to give it what it needs to be able to get there right So first, let's talk about how you might feel when your hormones are out of balance. Brain fog, an inability to concentrate, an inability to cope with stress, anxiety, constipation or diarrhea, PMS symptoms including moodiness, cramping, pain during ovulation, heavy periods, lots of clots, things like that, headaches and migraines, acne, especially after, you know, like your early 20s, dry skin, poor sleep, including lots of waking throughout the night or insomnia, fatigue, weight gain, 
loss of muscle mass, weird hairs popping up in places they shouldn't be, and on our head, hair loss, thinning hair, or a change in texture. All of that are signs that our hormones are off balance and they're kind of like, hey, I need your help, right? That's a lot. Like, you know something's changing. You know something's off. When you don't know what's causing it, we don't always know what to do about it either. So let's talk about potential causes that can throw your hormones off balance. So beyond the natural aging process, pregnancy, and breastfeeding, here are things within your control that can negatively impact your hormone balance. Birth control, stress, environmental toxins, including uh, endocrine disruptors, light in the bedroom while sleeping, and lack of natural sunlight exposure during the day, poor diet, excessive caffeine consumption, alcohol consumption, and lack of or excessive exercise. It's a pretty good list, right? But I want to talk about how these things impact our hormones. I think it's really important because you can understand what does it. I like to know what it does because if I know what it does, then it like makes sense for me to like do something to change it, right? So let's start with birth control. So often we are put on birth control to manage, to manage symptoms that should be handled in a different way. Sometimes we're on it to prevent pregnancy. Whatever the reason, when you add artificial estrogen and progesterone, you're going to throw things off balance. It is a myth that birth control is harmless. When we are taking birth control pills, we release more of a substance called thyroid hormone binding globulin. The initials are THBG, in case you needed to know that. This is what binds to our thyroid hormones. So what that means is there are less hormones for your body to function well. So you're going to notice a decrease in energy, your hair changing texture, your skin changing, and you're going to have a hard time losing weight. And so when you're having this combination of taking, you know, contracept oral contraceptives, birth control, there will be an increase in total T4, but a decrease in the percentage of free T4. So free T4 is the version of the thyroid hormone that is bioavailable for the body to utilize. The other thing that birth control does is it depletes nutrients needed for healthy thyroid function and thyroid production. Holy cow, right? If you are on birth control for any reason other than to prevent pregnancy, birth control is just masking symptoms and actually going to be making things a lot worse for you on the other side. So if this is you, it's time to get connected to an integrative or functional medicine doctor and get some real help for whatever symptoms caused you to be on birth control. And if you've never worked with an integrative or functional medicine doctor before, go ahead and listen to episode 15 to learn what that looks like and what you can expect. Next up, let's talk about stress. I talk about this topic a lot because it's a big deal. Along with food, managing stress is an absolute must because if you have too much of it for too long, it's going to wreak havoc on your health, including your hormone health. It 
lowers progesterone and increases estrogen. It can deplete your testosterone. It can just throw everything off. And I talk about this extensively in episodes 17 and 26. Next up is poor sleep. Sleep is like a chicken or the egg question, right? So when we don't make getting enough adequate sleep a priority, it'll raise our cortisol, which can eventually lead to adrenal fatigue, which can then impact our hormones, right? But it can also make us more hungry, which can then raise insulin levels. And then we have that whole roller coaster going on. Also, when we sleep and we're in REM sleep, our able our body is able to clean up old used up hormones and get those out and then produce healthy new hormones that our body needs to use. So if we're not getting enough sleep, our body cannot make adequate hormones because it happens mostly when we're asleep. Sleep is really, really important for your hormone health. So making that a priority is a must. Next up are environmental toxins and endocrine disruptors. Endocrine disrupting chemicals are chemicals that affect the function of your endocrine system, right? Makes sense. These can increase and decrease levels of hormones because they can change how they are made, broken down, and stored in our bodies. Other things that they do are interfere with or to interfere with our hormone balance are changing our hormonal sensitivities and mimicking real hormones, Lifestyle habits like diet and the products that we use at home and at work can lead to exposure to these endocrine disrupting chemicals, cleaning products, pesticides, personal care products, antibacterial products like hand sanitizer, food storage containers and wrappers, old cookware that's scratched up and leaching into our food, right? And even clothes can have these chemicals on them. And It's really hard to avoid them, but they're there. We need to know about them and then slowly over time make better choices. And I'll go into that a little bit later. Another thing that uh, I want to talk about is the light in the bedroom while sleeping and the lack of sunlight during the day thing. So melatonin is the hormone that helps regulate our sleep and awake patterns, right? Light interferes with the production of this hormone. Exposure to light suppresses the secretion of it and even dim light impacts it. Melatonin interacts with our female hormones. Research shows that melatonin actually helps regulate our menstrual cycles, which is crazy. Like, I actually had no idea. I was researching more for this episode and that came up and I was like, I knew it impacted our hormones, but I didn't know how well it directly impacts our menstrual cycles. What it does is it helps regulate estrogen and it helps convert it into estradiol, which is the inactive form. When we have light in our bedrooms while we're sleeping, Our eyelids are thin enough that our brain knows it's there. So we're never able to fully get into a REM sleep. But also, we're exposed to artificial light all day and rarely ever spend any time outside without sunglasses on, without sunscreen on, to let our brain know, like, now is the time to be awake. Like, at most, if if you're driving to work, a lot of us still work from home. Like, that's the only time you're getting exposed to the sunlight. You drive to work. You go inside and you drive home. 
for the most part, that is what we do. We might spend some time outside on the weekends and all of that, but you know, once in a while is not going to do it. We need this exposure every day. So if you're not getting sunlight exposure during the day and then you like live in the city, your windows are open, so light's pouring in, you're never able to fully get to sleep. And this is throwing everything off, including your hormones. Poor diet. My favorite topic. <laughs> A poor diet contributes contributes to hormone imbalance by raising insulin levels. It increases cortisol secretion, and it actually increases estrogen in our fat cells. So when you are eating large amounts of low-nutrient carbohydrates, you know, highly processed foods, lots of added sugar, lots of artificial sweeteners, fast food, all of that stuff, our body has to make extra insulin to try to keep our blood sugar stable, right? Well, if that happens too much, eventually we become insulin resistant and then we start becoming pre-diabetic and then type 2 diabetic. So diet directly impacts our hormones. Straight up, you can't get away from it. If your hormones are off, you're going to have to change the way that you eat. Now, exercise, either a lack of or over-exercising. There's like too much or too little of anything is bad for you, right? Except for junk food. We can live without that. So on either side of the spectrum, whether it's under or over, it is detrimental to your hormone health. Under-exercising leads to excess estrogen, insulin resistance, and chronic inflammation. We actually know that an inactive lifestyle is just as or more deadly than smoking. But on the flip side, over-exercising also harms us as well. How does it do this? It stresses our adrenal glands. And that impacts our progesterone because both progesterone and cortisol share the same biochemical pathway and are made with the same precursor hormone. Anything that creates stress on the body, including excessive intense exercise, tells our adrenal glands to make stress hormones and prioritize our survival over pretty much everything, including reproduction. Well, when we are trying to protect ourselves and not reproduce, well, then we're not, our hormones are going to be off. So we really need to find that happy medium when it comes to exercise. We can't avoid it completely, but we're not going to overdo it either. Next up is caffeine. So if you are drinking more than 400 milligrams of caffeine, so that's two bangs or four cups of coffee, it is going to increase circulating estrogen in your body. It can increase it up to 70%. That's crazy. Excessive caffeine causes all kinds of issues, but this is a big one because estrogen dominance is very real and it has very real implications to our health. And this is an easy way to like help your body out, right? All right. And then last but not least, alcohol consumption. Alcohol use in women affects the body's ability to regulate reproductive hormones. It elevates estradiol, and estradiol is the most common type of estrogen present in the body. And by increasing estradiol, we believe it's responsible for changes that occur in the reproductive system, and it also lowers progesterone. 
all of that directly impacts our hormones. And that is a lot of information, right? As a coach, what I like to do is take all of this information that we learn and really help kind of break it down into how you can apply it. Like you don't always need to remember everything because that's a lot to remember, right? But it's like, okay, I have all this information. I know I need to make some changes. Where do I begin? Like, how do I apply this knowledge to my life so that I can start feeling better? Well, let's get to that part. So here are three strategies to help rebalance your hormones naturally. Number one, my favorite topic is to eat to support your hormone health. I'm going to approach this a couple of different ways. First, you need to clean up your diet. Limit highly processed and fast foods. Reduce your added sugar intake and avoid artificial sweeteners like the plague. If this right here, you're like, okay, I can't do any more than that because that feels so huge, Marion, then I recommend downloading my free guide because I that's like the best place to start because I'm going to help you get rid of those foods and give you a really solid, easy place to start. So if you if that's where you're at, then go ahead and download the free guide and just start there. To take it to the next level, you need to eat for your daily hormone cycles. Yes, our hormones cycle all throughout the days. They're high at one time, low at another, and they're supposed to be this way, and they're all in different spots all throughout the day. If you look at the graphs, there's lines all over the place. It's a wild roller coaster looking thing. First, did you know that your blood glucose levels are highest in the morning? Now, when you think about this, when do we always have our, blo- our fasting blood work done? It's in the morning, right? The reason they do that, well, one of the reasons is to look at our fasting blood glucose levels. So if it's highest in the morning, that kind of gives us a window into what your A1C will be. So our glucose is highest in the morning. If you add a bunch of carbs as well, like sugary coffee, oatmeal, donuts, cereal, bagels, etc., you're going to spike your blood sugar even more. And you're setting yourself up for a blood sugar roller coaster all day long. After doing this for years, it's going to lead to insulin resistance, which is prediabetes, and type 2 diabetes, right? It can lead to this. That being said, you need carbohydrates with dinner for your hormones. Melatonin needs carbohydrates to be created. Melatonin, again, helps us sleep, helps with our reproductive system, but also none of our hormones work in isolation. Melatonin production is going to be directly tied to all your other hormones too. And then remember that hormones are created at night while we're sleeping, and those need carbohydrates too. They don't need as much as you think, but they still need carbohydrates. So eating your carbs at night is the best way to go. Now, here is where personal trainers and I really butt heads because, you know, the classic weight loss diet strategy is to give you carbs in the morning because you've been fasting all night, right? And then no carbs for dinner. As a coach, I know, and because I've seen it for 10 years, you guys, that when people eat this way, they end up finding themselves in a closet binge eating chocolate And they have no idea where the chocolate came from or how they got in a closet. Their brain literally like shuts off and looks for sugar because it's like, hey, I need to do my job. And if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to make you give it to me. And I remember the first time I heard this, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And then over the years, I hear it over and over and over again. 
And this is why, right? So if you're dealing with or you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I have no self-control. I just crave sugar at night. It could be because you're eating the opposite of what your hormones, your body needs to be able to function properly. Instead, it's better to have fat, fiber, and protein for breakfast and then include carbs like a gluten-free grain, starchy vegetables like potatoes or fruit, something like that with dinner. Or if you're just going to do like protein and vegetables and have a dessert, like a healthy dessert, you can totally do that too. In addition to this, you need to reduce your alcohol intake to less than one drink per week and limit your caffeine consumption to, I would say, less than three eight-ounce cups of coffee per day. I'm a coffee lover. I'm not telling you to quit. I love my one cup a day. It's very yummy. It makes me happy. I get it, but you do need to limit your caffeine intake. And if you're like live somewhere where it's cold, I remember when I lived in San Francisco for a while and it was just so cold. I wanted coffee all day long just because it was warm. If this is you, have your one cup in the morning and then maybe switch to tea or something to kind of help you kind of fill that void, right? You never want to take something away and not replace it. Otherwise, you're just going to go back and overdo it later. I know this sounds like a lot. I mean, it is. It's like a lot of moving pieces, right? And it's contrary to a lot of the common diet theory that we've been told over the years. In my coaching program, the Therapeutic Food Framework, I teach you how to do all of this. I like I give you the how to the what. So we know what we need to do, but this is how we do it. If you want to learn more about that, go ahead and go to the show notes and click on Discovery Call. It's completely free. You and I will get to talk about what's going on. We can talk about what, you know, what your struggles are. And I can share with you more about the framework, how my coaching works, and how I can help you overcome the challenges that you're dealing with so that you can experience lifelong health easily. Like, it's not just what do I need to do right now, but what do I do for life? Because that's, that's where it's at, right? I also encourage you to join the Facebook community. In there, I go live while I'm cooking. I share with you my favorite grocery store finds. I give impromptu and scheduled workshops. I share recipes and answer questions and so much more. It really takes the podcast to a much deeper level. So if that's something you're interested in, I would love to see you in there. Please join and say hi. Number two, reduce your exposure to environmental toxins and endocrine disrupting chemicals. Like this is just pure strategy here, guys. Number one, open your windows daily. Even if it's just for 30 minutes, indoor air is up to five times more polluted than outdoor air thanks to chemicals in flooring and paint and furniture and cleaning products. So opening your windows daily is a simple and free way to reduce your exposure to chemicals every single day. Another way is to dust regularly. For some reason, mold, phthalates, and other environmental toxins love to bind to to dust. So be sure to dust regularly and change out your air filters monthly. Swap out your cleaning products for less toxic ones. Now, there's a lot of like confusion out there. Like a company like says that it's like, you know, earth friendly or whatever, but sometimes they're actually not. So the environmental working group, it's called the EWG, has a great database that ranks 
all these products. So you can kind of do some research and it's actually kind of a rabbit hole to go down, but it's really fun. And once you find your products, you know, it's great. So you can do that. Um, I, for everyday cleaning, just use white vinegar and distilled vin- and distilled water. And it does great for just like countertop cleaning and stuff like that. It's my favorite one to use. Replace your body care products with less toxic ones as you run out. So you don't have to like throw out everything and spend $500 on all new products. First of all, you don't even know if you're going to like them. And second of all, that's just really expensive and most of us can't afford to do that. So instead, you know, start now, go to the Skin Deep database and start researching products, looking at reviews and just kind of start doing some homework and kind of prepare for what you want to buy next when your stuff runs out and just slowly start reducing, you know, the toxic chemicals that are being put uh, on your body, you know, lotion and deodorant and makeup and shampoo, conditioner, all those things, you know, there's much less toxic versions out there. You just have to find them. Consider using a different and natural form of birth control. Typically, that's natural family planning and or using condoms. And then switch your plastic food storage containers for glass ones. Those are some really easy ways to reduce your exposure to chemicals. We're not going to be able to avoid exposure to everything, but we can dramatically reduce it and that will have a huge impact on your hormone health. And if you're looking for a few more ideas, I did talk about detoxing in episode 36. So there's a there's a little bit more on this topic in there if you want to keep digging. And the third strategy is learning tools to manage stress. Stress seriously impacts our hormones, lowers progesterone, lowers testosterone, raises estrogen, There are two simple ways to mitigate stress. Number one is to walk outside. Walking outside will benefit you in several ways. First, we need 30 minutes of physical activity per day, and walking is actually one of the best ways to get it. When you walk outside, you're exposed to sunlight, right? So being exposed to sunlight means we're going to help regulate melatonin and as we know, melatonin directly impacts our hormones. The other thing walking does, especially if we like, for example, we take a 15-minute walk after lunch and a 15-minute walk after dinner, is it lowers the glucose spike that happens naturally after we eat. So by reducing that glucose spike, we're actually regulating, helping to regulate our glucose cycles to keep them more steady, much less of a roller coaster and more of just kind of a, a gentle wave, which is what we want. So it helps keep our blood sugar in check, which positively impacts our hormones. Walking is powerful. Another simple way to mitigate the effects of stress is to do something called box breathing. What you do is you breathe in for four and you hold that for four. Then you exhale for four and you hold and you hold that for four. So you're holding your air full of lungs and you're holding your lungs empty of air, right? And you do this four times. This works by massaging the vagal nerve, soothing the nervous system, lowering cortisol, and distracting your mind from the stressors. And you can do this anytime, and you can do this multiple times per day. Anytime you start feeling overwhelmed and stressed out, you can do this, and it's going to help mitigate the effects. We can't avoid stress completely always, but there are things we can do to help the body respond to it in a healthy way. 
A third effective way to mitigate stress and help your hormones rebalance is to make sleep a priority. I'm not going to dive into this because I just did an episode on it like two weeks ago in episode 54. So if you want, if sleep is something you go, "Mm, that's me, I need to work on that, go ahead and listen to episode 54 when you finish up with this episode. And if you're looking for more stress management strategies or you want to understand more about how stress impacts your health, go ahead and listen to episode 46. It's a great one and I go really in-depth more into stress management and different ways to mitigate the effects of stress. And those are the three strategies to help your hormones rebalance naturally. Number one, again, is to eat to support your hormones. Number two is to reduce your exposure to environmental toxins and to endocrine disrupting chemicals. And number three is learning how to manage your stress effectively. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you find this helpful. And again, if you're just like, Marion, I I need some support. I'm not quite sure where to go from here. You can download the guide for eating you can schedule a free call where we will get to meet and I would love to see you face to face over Zoom. And you know, I can share with you ways that I can help. And then of course, you can always reach out via email and you can check me out over on my website, www.roadtolivingwhole.com. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help others find it by leaving a review? sharing a screenshot on social media or sharing the link with a friend by you sharing what you've learned others are able to find this podcast and join our community be sure to check out my website www.roadtolivingwhole.com for over 160 delicious recipes a variety of meal plans and a blog packed full of even more healthy living tips If you'd like to learn more about how to work with me as your coach, you can schedule a free consult through www.roadtolivingwhole.com backslash health-coaching backslash. Until next time, friend. Bye.